0: Join us now for Strange Tales, featuring radio drama at its most mysterious and unusual.
1: Welcome back to Strange Tales. Thanks
0: for joining me this Sunday. We're going to hear from the Haunting Hour this week. A series that aired over NBC stations from March of 1945 to May of 1946. 52 episodes were produced. Our story today comes from 1945. It's titled No
2: Escape.
1: This moment, for this is a time of mystery, a time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is the haunting hour. Escape! Considerable imagination enters into the planning of the supposedly perfect murder. Considerable imagination is used so that time, place, alibi, and evidence are dealt with conclusively. Yet the most important piece of evidence that can expose the murderer and his crime is most often left intact. His imagination. His mind. Eight o'clock, a foggy April evening. Paul Perry in his penthouse apartment
0: overlooking a backyard of rubbish and the East River. is very busy tonight, planning murder. Simple murder. First, he
1: prepares his prop. A chair is in the way. An end table obscures the path. Just a little. And that floor lamp might be turned over and broken in his rush to the window. The window. That's right. The window. The window through which Paul Perry will fling his wife and watch her plunge 16 floors through the yard below. Simple and final murder. The stage has been set. But first... There is a witness to dispose of.
2: Excuse me, Mr. Perry. but What should I do about Mrs. Perry's dinner? It's getting cold.
1: Never mind, Hannah. Mrs. Perry is probably eating out.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, Will there be anything else, Mr. Perry?
1: No. No, I don't think so. As soon as you finish your work, Hannah, you can take the evening off. The stage has been set, but Mrs. Perry is working to foil her own murder. Wearing her gray coat and a red pork pie hat, Mrs. Perry left her penthouse apartment in the afternoon. Now it is after eight o'clock, and
0: where is Mrs. Perry? Fourth Precinct Homicide, Lieutenant Dugan speaking. Yeah? Yeah. Okay.
2: My name is Joan Perry. Mrs. Joan Perry, and I want you to protect me from my husband.
0: Hold everything, lady. You're in the wrong division. This is homicide.
2: I know. My husband is planning to murder me. How do you know? I know.
0: Has he threatened you? No. Have you any evidence of his planning to murder you? No. Well, I give up. Why does he want to murder you? Because
2: I won't give him a divorce. Oh, you've got to protect me. He's going to kill me. I know. I tell you, I know. Has he
0: hit you or beaten you at any time?
2: Oh, no. Are
0: there any grounds on which we can issue a warrant for his arrest?
2: I don't want him arrested. Then he'll suspect it. I know.
0: Then what do you want from me?
2: I want you to protect me.
0: Well, lady, you're in the wrong place. What you need is a private bodyguard. Excuse me. Fourth precinct, homicide, Lieutenant Dugan speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold it. Mrs. Perry! I'll call you back in a minute. Mrs. Perry! Give me the front desk. Hey, Joe, a lady wearing a great coat and a red hat is leaving the building. Stop her. Oh. No, never mind.
2: Nothing's wrong with the switch. The lights don't go on. Paul. Paul. Hannah. Is anybody... Perry.
1: Good morning, Hannah. Well, you needn't bother with a setting for Mrs. Perry. She called last night to say that she was staying at her mother's for a few days. Yes, sir. Well, what's on the menu this morning?
2: Orange juice, eggs and sausages, cake and coffee.
0: Great. I'm hungry.
2: I'll get it, Mr. Perry. It's the delivery boy from the cleaners to pick up Mrs. Perry's clothes. It's the... what? The delivery boy for Mrs. Perry's clothes. Tell the boy to come in here. Oh, you you want the delivery boy in here? Yes, bring him in. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Perry.
1: I shouldn't have jumped down Hannah's throat like that. It's probably some mistake. What's cooking, mister? You're here for Mrs. Perry's clothes. You got it the first time. Well, when did she give you the order? She was in a store first thing this morning. Came into your store this morning? That's right. And hey, what is this? A third degree? Huh? Oh, no. No. You see, Mrs. Perry is staying at her mother's for a few days, and this sounds like a practical joke. Can you describe her? and now, She's kind of neat looking, and she was wearing a gray coat with a red hat, if you call that a hat. That's Joan. But last night... Look, uh, do I get the clothes or don't I? What? Oh, You'd better come back some other time. Why don't you say so in Vice place? I haven't got all day to hang around. Maybe she's all right. Maybe she didn't get hurt. Oh, but that's ridiculous. Sixteen stories down to the yard and no ledges to land on while falling. But I'd better make certain. No. No, it's a clean drop down to the yard. Can't see her from here with this fog. Maybe she's not there. But she's got to be. She's got to. Better go down to see for myself. Can't see her. But she's here someplace. You just don't get up and walk away after you fall sixteen floors. You don't. No, you don't. Maybe behind this box. No. No, she's not here. She's not here! Joan! Joan, where are you? Why are you hiding? Better watch it. I'm starting to act like a lunatic. There must be a logical explanation to all this. Maybe. Maybe she fell into the river. Yes. Yes, that's it. She fell into the river and was swept away with a current. (laughs) And who was in the tailor shop this morning? Yes, Hannah? What is it?
2: There's a man here to see Mrs. Perry.
1: Well, did you tell him she's away for a few days?
2: He says Mrs. Perry made an appointment to see him here. Where is he? In the foyer. All
1: right, tell him I'll see him.
2: Yes, sir.
0: How do you do, Mr. Perry? Harvey's my name. Hope I'm not disturbing you. But your wife made an appointment this morning to see me today at 2.30, and here it is, 2.30, right on the button. Always prompt. That's me. It inspires confidence. You saw my wife this morning? Just missed her by a few minutes. I get to my office at 10 every morning, right on the button. Always prompt, but (laughs) yes, I was a little late this morning. Well, then, with whom did she make that appointment? My secretary took care of the details. She opens the office every morning. A very efficient young lady, Miss Shepherd is. Yes, sir, very efficient. Mr. Harvey, I think your
1: secretary made a mistake. What? Uh, uh, why, what do you mean? Well, you see, my wife couldn't have been in your office this morning because she's with her mother in the country since last night.
0: <laughs> it must be two other people. My gosh, this is something, isn't it? I wonder how Miss Shepherd made such a mistake. She's very efficient. Do you mind if I use your phone? I'd like to call my office. Help yourself. Thank you. I'm sorry to be such a nuisance. Hello? Miss Shepard? Harvey speaking. I'm checking on that 2.30 appointment you arranged for me this morning. There seems to be some misunderstanding. Yes? Yes, Mrs. Perry? And the address? By gosh, that's right. Just a moment. Well, Mr. Perry, my secretary just confirmed this meeting. She herself spoke to your wife this morning. Ask her to describe Mrs. Perry. Well, so, Miss Shepard, what did this, uh, Mrs. Perry look like? Yes, young. Good looking. Wearing a gray coat and a red hat. Just a moment. Anything else, Mr. Perry? No. That's all, Miss Shepard. I'll be back at the office within the hour. Goodbye. Oh, I'm calling my wife at dinner time, and I'll ask her about it. Sorry that you had to come here on a wild goose chase. Oh, it's all in a day's work. Oh, by the way, if you should ever want to get in touch with me, here's my card. Good day. Frank Harvey. Broker. Life insurance. Life insurance.
1: Accident insurance. Hello? Hello, Mimi, darling. I was wondering
2: when you'd call. What time are
1: you coming over? About seven. Uh, Mimi? Yes? Uh, Do you know a man by the name of Frank Harvey? No. Should I? I don't know. Is anything wrong? Wrong? I know there's nothing wrong... It's a little late for April Fool's Day.
2: Are you sure you're all right? You sound as if this fog is getting you.
1: The fog? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. See you at seven. I'll be waiting. She said the fog is getting me. The fog. Maybe it is. Hello? I'd like to
0: speak with Mr. Paul Perry. Speaking. My name is Baxter. I'm the credit manager at the Mapleton Department Store. Very interesting. There's a Mrs. Perry here, and she wants to open the charge account with us. She tells... There's a who? Mrs.
1: Perry. Mrs. Joan Perry. And she's in the store now? Why, certainly. What does she look like? I beg your pardon? Describe her. What's she wearing? Just a moment. She's wearing a gray coat and a red hat. Keep and... her there. Don't let her get away. I'll be right over. <laughs> Perry had planned the perfect crime, he decided to do away with his wife, Joan, in order to marry Mimi Foster. He hit his wife over the head and threw her out of the window to the backyard 16 stories below. But strangely, the next day, there were indications she might not have been killed despite her fall. First, her body was not to be found when Paul went to the yard to look for it. Then, several people told him they had spoken with his wife that very day. And finally, when Mr. Baxter, the credit manager of the Mapleton department store, called him to say Mrs. Perry was in his office to open a charge account, Paul frantically told him to keep her there. Which way to the credit manager's office? Take
2: second aisle on your left.
1: Yes? Well, where is she? Where is who? My wife, Joan Perry. You called and said she was here. Well, where is she? I'm sure I don't know. But someone called me a few minutes ago, said his name was Baxter. Is your name Baxter? Yes. I didn't call you. It's a trap. That's what it is. A trap. And I walked right into it. But who wants to trap me? Who? That man on the phone said his name was Baxter. It wasn't Baxter. But whoever he is, he can't know anything. Say. Maybe I didn't get a phone call from Baxter. Maybe I'm just letting my imagination run away with me. Yes. Yes, that's it. No one called. No one.
2: It's the delivery boy from the cleaners to pick up Mrs. Perry's clothes. Look, do I get the clothes or don't I? Harvey my name? Your wife made an
1: appointment. Always come. That's me. Stop it! Stop it! Ah. Uh. I've got to get hold of myself. I can't give myself away to Mimi.
2: Hello, darling.
1: Sorry I'm late, Mimi.
2: I suppose you had the usual trouble trying to get away from your wife.
1: She's not home. Mimi. Mimi, let's go away. Far away. Someplace where no one will know us, where no one will bother us.
2: It wouldn't be right.
1: Okay, then forget it. Forget it for now, anyway. Come on, let's get going.
2: All right, darling. I'll be ready in a minute.
1: Hope the fog lets up soon. Might as well be in London.
2: How do you like it? How do you like my new hat?
1: Where did you get it?
2: I just bought it today. Take it off. Take it off? Why, I like it.
1: I said take it off. It's Joan's hat.
2: Oh, Paul, why must everything remind you of Joan? Take
1: it off! All
2: right. I'll take it off.
1: I'm sorry. It's just that I hate her so. I know. Darling, let's not stay here all night gabbing about her. We're going out to have fun.
2: Yes. Yes, we're going out to have fun. All right,
1: then. Let's go. Where to? Haven't you heard? The circus is in town.
2: I haven't had such fun since I was a kid. I'm
1: glad. (laughs) Darling, we'll always have fun, won't we? Of
2: course, dear. Why did you ask?
1: Nothing or nobody will stand in our way.
2: Now, stop being morbid. Come on, I want to see the sideshows. Hello, Mimi. What? Frank, how are you? Oh, I almost forgot. Frank, this is Paul Perry.
1: Oh, it's all right, Mimi. I've already met Mr. Harvey.
2: Paul, oh, this is
1: Frank Dugan. I don't know by what name you know him, but he was at my house this afternoon as Mr. Harvey.
0: Oh, by the way, Mr. Harvey, did you sell many insurance policies today? Paul, oh, a just a joke. Just but... a minute, Mimi. I'm afraid, my friend, that you're confusing me with someone else. I've never seen you before in my life, and my name isn't Harvey. Well, if that's the way you want it, pleased to meet you, Mr. Dugan. Same here. Well, I have to look for my friends.
2: Call me, Frank, when you get a free moment. I will,
0: Mimi. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye, Frank. Now, Paul, what was all this nonsense about some insurance?
1: I tell you, Mimi, that man came to see Joan this afternoon about some insurance.
2: Either you're drunk or you're imagining things. I haven't seen you take a drink in the last two hours.
1: That Dugan or Harvey even gave me his business card. So what? So what? That card said Frank Harvey, broker, life insurance, accident insurance.
2: Harvey may have given you such a card, but I'm certain that Frank Dugan didn't.
1: What makes you so certain that Dugan and Harvey aren't one and the same person?
2: Because Frank Dugan happens to be a police lieutenant with the homicide squad. You've been acting strangely all evening.
1: Strangely? Please, darling, don't nag. Oh, I'm
2: sorry it's... It's just that I'm worried. What about? You silly.
1: There's nothing to worry about.
2: I hope you're right.
1: Maybe. Maybe I'm imagining things. Maybe I never saw Harvey. But he gave me that business card. At least. At least I think he did. That card. I must get that card. It's in my blue suit, I think. And I've got to get rid of Mimi. I've got to get home and find that card.
2: Thanks for taking me home, darling.
1: I'll call you in the morning.
2: You're so abrupt. It's as if you're anxious to get rid of me.
1: I've got to get home. Good night, Mimi. That card. Uh, Frank Harvey. Broker. Life insurance. Accident insurance. 75 Johnson (laughs) Place. So I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't having nightmares. For a while, I was beginning to doubt my own sanity. But here it is, all right. And now, now to find the house. 75 Johnson, Place.
2: Hello. Has Lieutenant Dugan come in yet? In 15 minutes? Well, please tell him that Mimi Foster called. I think that something's happened to Mr. Paul Perry. Will you tell him to meet me at Mr. Perry's apartment on East 73rd Street the moment he comes in? Thank you. Goodbye.
1: Hey, buddy. Can you help the fellow out? What's that? I ain't had nothing to eat all day, mister. You spare a dime? I'm hungry, mister. I've been hungry all day. Uh, I'll make it worth your while if you'll tell me where Johnson Place is. Oh, this is Johnson Place. What number? Seventy-five. Yeah, uh, let's see. That, that, that's right along here. Come on, I'll show you, mister. And it's 67,
2: 71.
1: And there's an empty lot. Yeah, and it's right here. This is 79. There is no 75. Maybe it's on the other side of the street. No, no, there's nothing on the other side of the street. Empty spaces, only empty spaces. Hello, Paul. What are you doing here, in
2: front of my door? I was worried, and when I called and there was no answer, I came right over. I didn't phone from the lobby. I came right up in the elevator. I was just ringing your doorbell. Where were you?
1: I I just stepped out for a pack of cigarettes. Come in. Sit down. Paul? Yes?
2: What's eating you?
1: Not a thing. I feel great.
2: Before at the circus, I you took a walk,
1: and the fog cleared my head. Sit down. I'll get you a drink. You look as if you could use one. Just like last night. Same scene, same fog. The path to the window in the living room. Hannah out for the evening. But tonight, I have a new leading lady. Well, what shall we drink to?
2: Let's toast your quick divorce and our happy marriage.
1: Very nicely put. And I drink to you, my sweet little double-crossing wench. You dropped your drink,
2: my dear. I'm going home. You're drunk.
1: You're not going home. Sit down.
2: What do you want?
1: This is goodbye.
2: Well, that suits me fine. Goodbye.
1: Sit down. You don't understand. This is goodbye. Out.
2: No. No.
1: Jugan can't help you now. Nobody can. Nobody helped Joan last
2: night. Joan?
1: Where were you watching from when she went out the window?
2: Oh. Go on. Go on. Yeah, your head off.
1: You'll never be heard above those river noises.
2: Paula, well, I don't want to die. Oh, it doesn't hurt.
1: Ask Joan. She'll tell
2: you. Oh.
1: It's as easy as falling off a log. Only this way, falling out the window. And you've got a farewell well oh.
2: <laughs>
1: That's beautiful.
2: Why? Why do you want to kill me?
1: Because you're the only witness last
2: night. No. Because you're trying to
1: throw me over for Dugan. No. Because you're going to turn me in so that I can't stand in your way. No. Because I killed for you in the
2: first place. No, 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 that's not true. I didn't know about Joan until you told me, and I love you, you poor fool. I love you. Oh, you lie.
1: I don't believe it's you. It's the truth. You think you can trick me again like you've been doing all day. I don't
2: know what you're talking about. Just
1: for the cleaners, dressing up as Joan, <laughs> then getting Duke to post as a phony insurance salesman. No,
2: tonight at the circus was the first time I'd seen Frank in a month. <laughs> it's a shame. You would have made a great actress. You've got to believe me. I'm telling the truth. No. No, please. Please. Paul. No. Oh. I got here just <laughs> in time. Frank, Frank, he suddenly went crazy. No, he didn't.
0: He's the same as you are. Maybe. Wait till I put the cuffs on him. And he's not dead. No. No, I'm not dead. <clears throat> well, that'll keep you, Perry. You're on arrest. I'll sue the state for this. Oh, no, you won't. Murder is a tough rap to beat. You're crazy. You can't prove murder without the corpus delicti. Mrs. Perry, or what there's left of her, is on a slab at the morgue. I was too late last night. But she jumped. Mimi almost jumped. No good, Perry. Besides, I heard your confession.
2: Frank, how did you know?
0: We expected this second attempt at murder. We couldn't prevent the first, but you weren't in any danger, Mimi. We knew exactly what he would do step by step. We planned it so.
2: What do you mean? We knew
0: he killed his wife, but we needed a confession. So we worked on the only part of him we knew would be vulnerable, his mind. No matter how well planned a murder may be, the murderer can't escape himself. No matter how you look at it, there's no escape.
1: From shadows and stillness, Mystery weaves a spell of strangest fascination, charging the mind with doubts and fears. For mystery is a strange companion, a living memory in the haunting hour. our strange tale for this week you can find more from the hunting hour strange tales and all the other relic radio podcasts at relicradio.com lots to listen to there thanks to your support if you'd like to help out visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website your makes it all possible thanks to those who have helped out thanks for joining me today be back next sunday with another episode of relic radio's strange tales